Welcome. If you're new here, welcome. Um, I'm Mike. So, did anybody get a deer today? Really? That's good. Anybody here out this morning get a deer? No? Dang. Were you sleeping in the stand? Fair enough. Three of them. That's, that should do. Well, before we get going here, I had a word during worship. I don't know who it's for. Maybe it's for somebody online. But I heard the word chameleon. You feel like a chameleon. You make yourself to blend in wherever you go because you're afraid people will see who you really are. But it's more uncomfortable for you to blend in because you know that's not who you are. The Lord wants you to know that he didn't make you a chameleon. He made you a peacock. He made you bright and vibrant, and he made you to stand out. He made you perfectly that way. So we just bless that word if it resonates with anybody and just cancel that fear of man and let them feathers fly. Well, so tonight, I'm going to talk to you guys about authority, submitting to authority. So there's three kinds of authority we've got out there. Civil authority, which is our governments and our police and things like that. And then we've got our authorities at work, our bosses, managers, supervisors, and spiritual authorities which is our pastors, small group leaders, ministry folk, spiritual fathers, things like that. So the first place we're going to start is Romans 13, verse 1. And it goes something like this. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. So the governmental structure was created by God, and the positions were created by God as well. When we rebel against authority, we're rebelling against something that God created, right? We also have to remember that it's a position and not necessarily a person. There's a person in that position, but we're yielding to the position. Because how often do we see instances of somebody being in one of these positions that they probably shouldn't be or they put themselves in, right? <clears throat> but the position still stands. 
Now I'm guilty. I have a tendency to rebel. When my wife's not in the car, I don't like to wear my seatbelt. I know, don't tell Tori. But back there in verse 2, where it says anybody who rebels against authority is rebelling against something that God has instituted, and they will be punished. So I know if I get pulled over without my seatbelt on, I'm going to be punished. I'm going to get a ticket. And it's my own fault. So wear your seatbelt. I don't do that. That's... You know, I don't want to crash. <laughs> you know, it's funny that we're on this seatbelt topic. Well, I, because I said it. Um, <laughs> I met another officer here one night, and I was introducing myself with Pastor Jake when he was here. And when Jake and I were talking to this officer, we're just chit-chatting, and he looks at Jake, and he goes you speed. And I started laughing. And he looks at me and he goes, you don't wear your seatbelt. <laughs> I was like, how did you know that? And he's like, I just know, man. <laughs> so he knew, like he called me right out. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to tell you I don't. But <laughs> But either way, he was spot on for both of us. So for the verse 3 says for the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right and they will honor you. I had a, a period of years that I was always really afraid of the police. Always. <clears throat> I was always doing something I shouldn't have been doing. I was always driving with things in the car I shouldn't have had. And it was just like this constant anxiety. Every time I was on the road, I'd see a squad car. And it was like, put two hands on the wheel and close one eye and make sure you can see her straight. And... Right? I knew I was going to be in big trouble if I got pulled over. So verse 4 says, the authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have power to punish you. They are God's servants. Sent for the very purpose of punch, punishing, or punching, those who <laughs> do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. We'll get there. So these authorities are servants of God. And most of them don't even, I'm not going to say most of them, but a lot of them, some of them, don't even know that they're serving the Lord with what they're doing. But they're doing it. Because the positions that they hold are in order to do good things, right? So again... Some of us have maybe ran into a 
hard to deal with police officer, right? That might have been a little, little bit over the top. Pulls you over for something you didn't do, right? But whether we agree with what he did or not, he's in that position of authority, right? So it's our responsibility to obey the law, to submit to that authority. Whether we agree with it or not, our goal is to do what God says and submit to governing authorities. Verse 6 says, pay your taxes. For these same reason, government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Simple. Pay your taxes. I get it. It's a lot of money. I get frustrated sometimes, too, when I look at my paycheck, and I'm like, what? <laughs> but Paul mentions it in Romans for a reason, and Jesus gives us direction in Mark 12 when he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what belongs to God. Because our provision comes from God, comes from the kingdom, right? The stuff that we have our hands on comes from here. So here can have its portion back, right? But we're commanded to do it. We're asked to do it. We have to submit to that and be all right with it because the word tells us to. So the civil authority is here to keep order and peace and ensure safety. The idea and structure of government is God's plan. The positions were made by him, and we're called to submit to them. Again, people in these positions can be dishonest, and they can fall to greed, and whatever else, you name it. But we're not asked to submit to the person. God's asking us to submit to the authority that the person carries, that the position carries. So when we go to work, we have authority there too, right? How many of us have a boss that's tough to work? I'm just kidding. Don't. <laughs> Maybe he's watching. So Ephesians 6, 5 through 8, right? Paul wrote this whole letter to the Ephesian church as an encouraging letter to lift them up. He's not necessarily addressing any specific problems or correcting behaviors, but it was a letter to circulate through the churches to help them grow. He does adjust jobs, address jobs and employment. In his time, it was more directed to slaves and slave owners, but for us, it aligns perfectly for our workplaces. So Ephesians 6, verse 5 says, Those who are employed should listen to their employers and obey their instructions with great respect and honor. Serve them with humility in your hearts, as though you were working for the master. 
So who's the master? Simply put, listen to the guy you work for. When you sign up for the job, you agree to do what that person in charge tells you to do. I remember when I first, my very, very first job ever, I was painting um, commercial things with my grandpa when I was 14. He was a lifetime painter. Um, he got me hired on for a summer. And the first day, the first thing he told me was, I don't want to hear you complain about what we're doing because I told you what we were doing and you agreed to do it. <laughs> Fair enough. Then he said, I don't, want to, I don't want to hear you complain about your pay either because you agreed to do what we're doing for that pay. Okay. And then he said, don't look around at what everybody else is doing because they're doing what they're getting paid to do and you're doing what you're getting paid to do. Pretty simple, right? So I didn't say a word the whole time we were out there. <laughs> so we're going to do what we're told to do. And we're going to do it with honor and respect for the guy that told us to do it. As if Jesus was the one calling us to do it. And we're going to do it with humility. Do you know what humility means? It means to do thing with a modest or low view of my own importance. Now don't get me wrong, I don't believe the scripture is telling us to just sit down and shut up and do what we're told. It is good to make suggestions to do things different or po point something out if we're coming from a place of humility. If my heart behind wanting to do something different is to undermine my boss or to make me look better, then we're going against what God is asking us to do. If I'm actually operating out of a place of humility, then I won't be offended when the boss doesn't think my idea is the best one ever. So we should walk into our workplaces excited and thankful that we have a job. Verse 6 says, Always do what is right, and not only when others are watching, so that you may please Christ as his servants by doing his will. Serve your employers wholeheartedly and with love, as though you were serving Christ and not men. Be assured that anything you do that is beautiful and excellent will be repaid by our Lord, whether you are an employee or an employer. Right off the bat, he outlines integrity. Do what is right, even when no one is looking. Maybe no one is physically looking, but Jesus is always watching. But for real, though, how many times, I don't want to say you, but how many times have we done the right thing only when the right person is looking? I've been there, I've done that, but 
that's not what humility looks like. So God is telling us to serve our bosses wholeheartedly. That means with sincerity and commitment to serve with love as though we are serving Christ. Simple. Everything we do, do unto Christ. 1 Peter 2.18 Those who are servants, submit to the authority of those who are your masters, not only to those who are kind and gentle, but even to those who are hard and difficult. You find God's favor by deciding to please God even when you endure hardships because of unjust suffering. For what merit is it to endure mistreatment for wrongdoing? Yet if you are mistreated when you do what is right and you faithfully endure it, this is commendable before God. So we're going to encounter people that are hard to deal with at work and other places. I've worked for people that are absolutely impossible. Bad attitudes, spewing negativity, trying to tell me what to do. But God is calling us to honor and respect difficult people just as much as the easy ones. When we show up to work with the mindset that we're working for Jesus, we're not focused on how hard the other guy is to work with or for. And this goes back to the same idea of honoring a position. Although we don't agree with the person in the position, we must respect the position that they are in. Peter even specifies that we will find favor when we maintain that same mindset of pleasing God, even when we endure hardship of unjust suffering. So how many times have we been at work and we've thought or said, that's not fair. Why did they get the promotion and I didn't get the promotion? I'm so much better than him. But the reality is, we will find favor if we continue to honor the authority of the guy that promoted and promote the guy or honor the authority of the guy that just got promoted. So, God has given us a blueprint of what it looks like for us and what it means to serve with humility, honor, and respect. He's telling us to serve and love the hard managers the same as we do the easy ones. And to do it as though we are directly serving him. The bright side, though, is we're not slaves. And we really can leave our jobs if things don't work, you know. Or if somebody's too hard, too difficult to work with. But we're still commanded, commanded, we're still, we should still do it in an honorable way. And give a notice and say something, hey, I'm sorry, this really isn't working for me. 
continue to honor the position. Then we have spiritual authority. So when we walk into a church, the pastors there have authority in that place, both physically and spiritually. If I'm visiting a church that I've never been to before, we have to submit to the appointed authority in that place. Follow their rules, right? So when we come in, we're yielding to that authority. You know, you might be offended by a message that's spoken, but we have to realize the weight that is carried behind the word that they're speaking. So Ezekiel 3, verse 17. Son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for Israel. Whenever you receive a message from me, warn people immediately. If I warn the wicked, saying, you are under the penalty of death, but you fail to deliver that warning, they will die in their sins, and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. If you warn them, and they refuse to repent and keep on sinning, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself because you obeyed me. It's a great picture of the weight behind a message. A pastor is appointed by God for the body they have charge over. When Pastor Shar is preparing a message, it's a word from God breathed on by the Spirit for this body, for this house, for the people in this room. So when a, a pastor walks in fear of the Lord, they walk in obedience to what he's saying, and they don't take it lightly. Because there are huge consequences behind their disobedience. So understand, when you have a leader that is walking in obedience and God gives them a hard word, their position and responsibility to share it often outweigh their own desire to say it. Does that make sense? God says, I will hold you responsible for their deaths. Now, this is the extreme end of it. But sometimes it really is life and death for the one sitting in the pews. Pastors have a choice to be obedient or not, knowing they will have to account for it one way or another. And then we have a choice to listen to what they tell us or not which also will have consequences one way or the other. Acts 20, 28 gives us another picture of a leadership role and what Paul is telling us to do. 
So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church. His church purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. That was Paul's commission to the leaders of the church. Feed the flock, the church, with God's word, and shepherd them. Which means to steer them, to guide them, to help them grow, learn, you know, carry them through. Hebrews 13 says, Hebrews 13 verse 17 says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. And if you want your pastor to be praying good things for you, don't be a pain in the butt. Maybe that's not the person I would have called for a ride home from jail at 2 in the morning. That would be not joyful. So, fully submitting to spiritual authority. For us here, a spiritual authority looks like, like I mentioned before, pastors, small group leaders, other leaders in ministry, and spiritual parents. So when we acknowledge them as spiritual leaders, they're given a grace by God, by the Holy Spirit, to know what's going on in our lives, whether we share it or not. That allows the Holy Spirit to show them our stuff, much like we have with our kids. We know what's going on before we're ever told what's going on. The Holy Spirit rats on my kids all the time. <laughs> but submitting, submitting to that authority, to that leadership, opens the door for them with their knowing to speak into our lives. It takes us from being transparent to vulnerable because when you're transparent, you can see the problem. It's like opening your shirt and seeing what's going on behind the glass. When you're vulnerable, it's opening the shades, opening the window so they can get their hands in there and they can touch it and they can work on it. And it might be a little bit uncomfortable, but that's what that means. So Holy Spirit will give them insight and strategy for the things that we need help with. And it helps us bring correction when we need it too, because I'm sure we need some correction sometimes. But for us, this also echoes another reason for our humility, because a humble heart will receive correction appropriately. And there are times that we might have to humble ourselves and seek help when we need it. Are you ready to piano? <laughs> oh, it's not you. That's right. <laughs> but you're right there. <laughs> Are you ready to piano? <laughs> so 
So all positions of authority are created by God. And we are called to submit to the authorities placed over us, whether civil, at our workplace, or spiritual. The principles are all the same. God is telling us to obey the positions placed over us. If we have an issue submitting to our boss, we probably have an issue submitting to our pastor. But we have to assess our heart's condition to see if there are any areas that we need to submit and why. Why is it an issue? Maybe we've been treated unfairly or have experienced hurt in a church body. Maybe your old pastor fell into sin, causing you to be skeptical of church leadership. But we have to ask the Lord to search our heart and find those places so he can heal them. Sometimes we need to repent and sometimes we need to forgive. But we have to heal so we can walk in our call to submit to authority and leadership. Because when leadership is healthy, we can be healthy. We can trust healthy leadership. He is asking us to do everything we do and serve as though we are serving him directly. And to do it with love, honor, and respect. We have to obey the government that is established, even if we don't like the elected officials, because we must remember to honor the position of the authority first. If y'all want to stand. Lord, I pray that you help humble us in our workplaces to remind us that no matter the position we're in, you're the focus. That we're doing it for you. And for your glory. Search our hearts, Lord. and show us areas that we have a hard time submitting and laying control down. Show us areas that we might be prideful. God, show us areas that might be holding us back from walking in, in the fullness that you've got for us. Thank you, Lord, for bringing revelation, God, for bringing revelation to these areas, Lord. Thank you for bringing healing into these places, God. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, God, that you give us the opportunity to walk in humility. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if we have the ministry team come up, these guys will be up here. If anybody else needs prayer for anything else, these guys would love to pray with you.